0: You're listening to Denver Orbit. Episode 40. Avoid.
1: Around 20 years ago or so, I lived a little differently than I do now. I had a bullshit job at a copy shop. You know the one. I smoked around a pack a day. I drank. A lot. I thought I had the system figured out and I adopted out of it. I stayed out late and I slept all day. I hung out at this bar near my apartment, the old school kind of bar you don't see anymore. The kind with high-backed vinyl booths, a great jukebox, and a low-hanging haze of smoke. They don't make them like that anymore. That's probably for the best. Anyway, so I was in this place, I was drinking a lot, I was smoking too much, and generally avoiding responsibility as much as I could. I thought I had this Tom Waits-esque, world-weary pose down. But it was just a pose, by the way. One I was happy to engage in, as long as I didn't have to think too much about, you know, my mental, physical health, the future, that kind of thing. So, in the middle of all of this, I developed this weird, I don't know, tick? Habit? Brain thing? Here's what would happen. After a night of drinking, or maybe a day of being hungover, I would go to bed and start falling asleep. You know that point when you're drifting off and you're kind of somewhere between thinking about things and dreaming? That sweet feeling when you're slipping from consciousness to unconsciousness? I would be right there, relaxing, floating off, and then... That would happen. Right inside my head. Not inside my ears, like it came from outside the house or something. It was inside my head, this loud. (laughs) And it would startle me awake. At the height of it, it was happening two or three times a week. It was the weirdest thing. Little by little, I started to get my life back together. I quit smoking, quit drinking, got married, had kids, pulled my head out of my ass. All the things that 20 something me would have been horrified by. And the banging, that cracking noise, Well, it just went away, it disappeared, and I forgot about it. Until recently, for some reason, I remembered it. I remembered that it used to happen. So I typed banging noise and head falling asleep into Google, and this is what came up. It's called exploding head syndrome. Here's Wikipedia. Exploding Head Syndrome, or EHS, is a condition in which a person experiences unreal noises that are loud and of short duration when falling asleep or waking up. The noise may be frightening, typically occurs only occasionally, and is not a serious health concern. People may also experience a flash of light. Pain is typically absent. The cause is unknown. Potential explanations include ear problems, temporal lobe seizure, nerve dysfunction, or specific genetic changes. Potential risk factors include psychological stress. It is classified as a sleep disorder or headache disorder. People often go undiagnosed. There is no high quality evidence to support treatment. Reassurance may be sufficient. Clomipramine and calcium channel blockers have been tried. While the frequency of the condition is not well studied, some have estimated that it occurs in about 10% of people. Females are reportedly more commonly affected. The condition was initially described at least as early as 1876. The current name of it came into use in 1988. So there you have it. It has a name. A pretty awesome name, actually. There's a reason I'm bringing all this up. A little while ago, I stumbled on this podcast here in Denver called The Void, and it's one of my favorite things that I've heard recently. It's hosted and produced by Jamie Billings and Sarah Dealey, and they describe it as a sadness-positive, death-positive, existential-doom-positive, non-fiction, story-based podcast. And it's pretty great. Their first episode is about things that happen in the middle of the night, so I'm just going to play the whole thing. I'll have links to their work in the show notes, and that's going to be it for me. Here's The Void, Episode 1, What Haunts You.
0: Okay, so I don't know what time it is, but I'm waking up, and I am, um, I'm worried about everything. I have a headache, so of course I'm worried it's a brain tumor. It's, um, 3.16 in the morning. and I don't really have a voice right now because I've had a cough and um, the cough is the worst at night
2: I'm having one of those like wake up in the middle of the night and just think you're bad moments here's what I think it is I ate too much garlic yesterday maybe could be a reason. Or it's because Jake told me that I didn't use enough deodorant in high school which I feel like
0: he could have kept to himself at this point. I can't really sleep right now and I'm also trying to be quiet because Raul is sleeping. I just feel pretty bad and I'm thinking about I should be a vegetarian so fuck okay this is a good one what if i have a lot of what ifs and in the middle of the night i have more what ifs what if i start hearing voices like what if i just am making a cup of tea and i start hearing instructions or something like what if i like have like
2: a weird psychosis From the darkness of your
0: bedroom, this is The Void. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jamie. And for our first episode, we're talking about the void we encounter the most, the night. Specifically, the things that keep us up at night. What you just heard were recordings of people in the depths of the void between being asleep and being awake.
2: We asked our friends, our family members, our co-workers...
0: Random people we haven't talked to in years but still had their emails. All about what haunts them at night. We even
2: dug deep into the swamp of our own nightmares.
0: We're here today to share with you our findings.
2: Welcome to the void, everyone. We're scientists of darkness, and for this episode, your bedroom is our laboratory. Sorry. Sorry. 11.43 p.m. You're dozing off on your couch,
0: mindlessly scrolling through Instagram. You get up, and you crawl into your bed. You turn off the light, you let your head hit the pillow, and you feel your body sink into the sheets. You stare at the ceiling.
2: And stare at the ceiling some more. You close your eyes. You might be starting to fall asleep. Then, a memory from your past pops into your head. It's distinct, tangible. You feel like you're reliving the moment. You
0: open your eyes
2: and stare at the ceiling. Then you close your eyes, and there's the memory
0: again. You replay the moment over and over. You get less tired the more you think about it. Maybe this moment was from
2: seven plus years ago. When it was happening, you thought it was insignificant, or at least something you'd forget. But now, in the dark of night, your mind is telling you otherwise.
0: At least
3: that's the case for our friend Anne. You know, it's one of those things where you'll be dozing off, and then it's like, you know, it starts with a feeling in your gut, (laughs) I think. I don't think it starts with a thought. I think it starts with the like weird anxious feeling. And then your brain's like, oh, this made you feel like a weird piece of shit. Here, this makes sense. <laughs> it's a moment <laughs> from my past <laughs> that I think about all the time. Um, this was from when I was in college, and I lived with a bunch of people. But I was... Standing around the living room talking with two of my roommates. And I don't remember what we were talking about. I think it was DVDs maybe. Because we kept all our DVDs in a dresser. Because college. And I bent down. And as I bent down. I was talking. I was the one who was speaking in this conversation. And I farted so fucking loud. <laughs> like, un- like, like so loud. Like there was no way... Like, anyone who was in that house didn't hear it. It was loud. It was long. It was loud. (laughs) And it surprised me so much. And I I panicked inside (laughs) as it was happening. And I just kept talking. Like, I panicked so much that I didn't acknowledge the fart. (laughs) And they, I could see them. They were so nice. They were the sweetest boys. They looked at each other. Like, I could see them. They, I could see them giving each other, like, one, like, out of the corner of their eye. They looked at each other. And they were like, what are we going to do about this? Are we going to, like, say something? But then they like, immediately were so gracious and didn't, didn't say a word. I soldiered the fuck on through that conversation. And then... I left. Um, and I feel, like, guilty. <laughs> like, it haunts me because I feel, like, bad. <laughs> yeah, I feel like... <laughs> I, like, I feel like they deserved that moment. And I also feel like they need... Like, I feel like that's not who I am. <laughs> like, I feel like they need to know that I know that that was crazy. <laughs> Like, I can't just, so, like, at night when I'm anxious, I, I, was, I think about it, and I'm like, who the fuck does that? Like, who are you? How can you just, like, soldier on through a conversation, acting like you didn't just let out the loudest fart in the entire world? These are fun hauntings. I want to be clear, I'm also haunted by, like, dark shit. What haunts you? The dark things at night that you can't see. What? The dark things at night that you can't see. The darkness that sneaks up on people, the darkness that people are afraid of in themselves. I think it's really worthwhile to be able to sit with that with someone.
1: I'm afraid of people in the dark, but I'm not afraid of the dark.
3: 2.03 AM,
2: you wake up out of nowhere. Maybe you have to pee or get a glass of water. When you open your eyes, the world is much darker than it was when you first closed them.
0: Shadows warp. Floorboards creak. You tell yourself, it's just the house settling. You run to the bathroom and then run back to bed. You close your eyes so tight and try to shut out the dark.
2: Unless the dark happens to be your friend. Like it was for me. There was a time when I was stirred awake every night around 2 a.m., It was 2015, I was living in LA. I understand there are people who are happy there. I understand good people can make good lives there, but that does not change the fact that Southern California is literally built on a portal to hell and LA is the mouth. This is a fact. I was terribly depressed. Everything I once loved turned to dust in my hands. I pushed everyone away. And when everything didn't feel like nothing, it felt like hot misery, like the sun burning down in my eyes. Every single moment of my life in Los Angeles, I felt like I was a goth in the summertime, at the pool. But in the middle of the night, when I was alone, I was a goth at Halloween. I could be my most terrible, strange, depressed self, and the world just came up and met me there. All my favorite activities look much better at night. Chain smoking on a balcony while listening to Fiona Apple, it's an incredible nighttime activity. Eating a Lunchable while watching Gilmore Girls, fantastic at 1 a.m., horrifying at 11 a.m. Furiously writing out the lines of a Sylvia Plath poem in big block letters and taping them to the walls of your apartment? Actually, no. Maybe never do this. No matter what time. Night was the only place where I had any hope. Where I liked my own company. Where I thought maybe I would live past that year. During the day, there was so much light. So much sun, so much responsibility, so many Instagram models taking pictures in front of murals that I was just trying to walk by to get to CVS. All of it was just a spotlight on my own misery. I became weirdly superstitious in the day. I would pray to every new thing that came into my life. My new medication, the new friend I made in class, that weird meditation studio that I walked by to get home. The minor concussion I got while riding my bike without a helmet. What if these were the things to change my life? The things to make me better? If the film Going Clear hadn't come out that year, I could have become a Scientologist. Actually, there's probably too much self-deprivation and volunteer work in that cult. I never would have cut it. But I could have really joined another cult, maybe one whose main tenets were drug use and cheeseburgers. They have to have one of those in LA. They have every type of cult in hell. But I had my own cult, the Cult of Night. And this one delivered the freedom it promised. Now I'm not really depressed. I prayed to a medication that worked. I live in a city farther from hell. And when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm usually flooded with banal worries. A spider, but it has the face of a clown. Like a text I sent, like to my coworker about another coworker. It's like, why did I do that? Literally, I'm always thinking about Elizabeth Smart. But sometimes, I guess my brain gets confused, and I get roused awake at 2 a.m. by the same thing that used to tap me on the shoulder. And even though I might not need it anymore, once again, I feel free.
0: i'm awake because i was having dreams i think that made my heart hurt people i still like i woke up i don't know who the fuck they are okay Okay. they were just like dream people just random dream people one that i
3: get a lot is that uh I can't open my eyes inside of the dream. Uh, Like, I'm able to only see, like, a sliver of everything that's going on through my eyes that I can't open.
2: Like, in the dream, I wasn't like, she's alive! I was like, oh, yeah, like, she's always alive.
0: 5.16 a.m.
2: You've been asleep for hours. In this deep sleep, you start to dream. You have extremely disorienting dreams that... Feel
0: vivid and surreal. Dreams with borrowed bits and pieces from your life, all stuffed into one tiny space. You have dreams that would be hard to explain because the rules in dream world don't apply to the waking world.
2: You're getting caught up in the action of the dream, really invested, even if you're terrified or lost. But then suddenly...
0: You wake up, in a daze, with one foot still in the dream and one foot in your bedroom. You look around the room,
2: wondering if you'd
0: rather be back
2: in the dream or
0: here. You know that feeling when you wake up from a bad dream and you forget where you are? I've had this feeling for three years now. I wake up and forget my mom is dead. I just had some weird dreams. they also think I was at my mom's funeral again. But it just made me think of some really 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 weird things I did before and uh, during and after her funeral <laughs> I got so 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 drunk cause obviously <laughs> I was at my mom's funeral um, and I did some weird shit like it was such a weird feeling of like excitement to see people I haven't seen in years and then like an instant punch in the gut or like punch in the chest of why I was seeing these people I'm surprised I still get this punch in the gut feeling when I wake up in the middle of the night after dreaming about my mom I have to reorient myself to the world without her Maybe these late-night thoughts are trying to train my brain to remember what my reality is now. Some sort of fucked-up exposure therapy to make sure I will not forget. To make sure I will adjust to my surroundings quicker when I wake up mid-sleep. There's a particular image that comes back to me in the middle of the night. It's from the day before my mom's funeral. My birthday. No one knew what to do, so naturally we threw an odd, impromptu forced party at my childhood home. Everyone who had flown in for the funeral was there. People who I would never invite to any sort of birthday party I had. People who placed gifts on the kitchen counter with a smile of condolence or an unapologetic face of pure pity. I was at my own funeral that night. I didn't want to be celebrated, sung to, gifted anything, unless it was to make all of this go away. Mostly, I remember, I just remember this feeling of not wanting to be seen. I didn't want to be looked at. So I think I spent most of the birthday party in my backyard, but this image that comes back in my head is I didn't want to be seen, so I wore this weird, weird skeleton mask and this skeleton cape. And I just like see myself as like this weird little girl was also trying so hard to be an adult in a fucking mask and a cape cause I don't know and I think I think sometimes I do this and like see these images like I think I'm trying to understand why the fuck I acted like that I think I replay things because there is shame there but then I also just want to like that little girl. (laughs) While I was recording this, we left the tape running and Sarah asked me a few questions. I'm still mad at myself when I wake up and I forget that she's dead. I'm like mad. I'm like, really, Jamie? You still don't fucking know? Like, that's how I feel. It's not always like, oh, now I know. Yay. (laughs) Like you're mad at yourself for forgetting? Mm Mm-hmm.
2: That's interesting. Because
0: it's like painful to have to go through that process to remember again. It's like when when are you gonna get it, Jamie? You know? And it's like very potent in the nighttime, I think. That anger of like because you're because you're disoriented. Like in the daytime, I can have a moment where I'm like, oh I wanna call my mom. Oh no, Jamie, no, no. But in the nighttime I'm like, fuck, I forgot again. Like, really?
2: Do you ever, when you're, like, waking up and having that moment, uh, do you ever, like, live inside that moment of, like, not remembering that your mom's dead and, like, like it?
0: I don't know. Because I think, like, the pain that comes along with remembering is, like, not worth it to live in that space. Maybe I'm haunted by these memories because I haven't fully processed them. The night leaves space for this processing. I dream, I wake up, I forget, I reorient. What do you do when you wake up and you don't know where you are? You look at objects in the room. Things close to your bed and in your line of vision to clue you into where you are. When this happens to me, I look at a lamp in my room a lamp that wears the cape and the mask from that night. I place them there to make me laugh, to make a skeleton friend. She wears a hat and I call her Trish. When I wake up in the middle of the night and forget my mom is dead, I look at my lamp to remember. I wonder if I'll ever wake up remembering instead of forgetting.
2: Nighttime is for worries.
0: For heartache. For cults of one. For things we don't do in the daylight. It's for freedom. It's for the dead. It's for possibility. For building shrines to our nightmares.
2: And for regular old sleeping. That sounds nice. It's for a deep and soul-sinking endless void. It's for us. And for you. Welcome to the void, everyone. You're in it now.
0: We'll be back with more episodes next month.
2: Until then,
0: it's 7 a.m.
2: Good morning. There is still the possibility that I'm completely and totally bad, so that would be upsetting. The Void was produced by Jamie Billings and Sarah Dealey.
3: Editing help is from Arielle Milkman, who was haunted by the time the Broncos won the Super Bowl in 1999. She was so excited, she threw up in her fourth grade classroom.
1: Music and sound design by Brady Billings, who was haunted by a ball of eyeballs while he was younger.
3: <laughs> Taylor Turnbull, who is haunted by her never ending hypochondria, created our logo and does original illustrations for each episode. You can see them on Instagram at The Void Podcast or on our website, www.thevoidisdeep.com. Special thanks
0: to Betsy Layton, Kelly Bogg, the team at House of Pod and all who fearlessly contributed their haunts.
2: This podcast was made possible by Existential Dread.